Welcome back to part two of Voislav Sheshe. Did I get that right? Uh, it's better. It's okay, Sheshe, right. right? No, it's Sheshe. You don't have the Sheshe. L- l- right. sound. <laughs> it's Sheshe. kind of like a, right. like a spicy L. Uh, okay. If anybody speaks Italian, it's what they spell with a G-L. Kind of. Okay, yeah, mm. I do not. But so part two of that. <laughs> and... <laughs> Voislav Sheshel? Cool. We'll go with that. No, I think okay. you regressed on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm doing my best, man. I'm not Next going to going... die on Sheshel's Hill. <laughs> Next Rose's... week we're doing Denmark, and it's going to be so much worse. Yeah, that's going to be much worse. The ability to pronounce things correctly which further supports my theory that after you podcast for more than three or four episodes, each one is just kind of – it just kind of furthers your brain death that you already have. <laughs> Oh no, I I've completely stopped listening to podcasts since I started doing this one. I used to listen to so many podcasts and now I just can't do it. I just don't care. I'm like, no, clearly my podcast is the only one worth listening to. So I think our listener would definitely agree with that. <laughs> our listeners of my parents, your parents, I guess Gavrilo's friends, maybe. Maybe and that one guy. I don't and that my one guy. even listened to it. I don't I think my mom's and that one guy in Spain. <laughs> It's going to be cool when we become like, I'm trying to become the official English language podcast of Serbia. That's the goal. Last time we left off, uh, they wanted to cleanse Serbia of the Jews, the Croats and the Albanians. But uh, in the 90s, not in the 40s. Yeah. They were talking about Boislav Šešelj and a guy named Momčilo Jewish who used to be a war criminal from World War II. Yeah, who, despite the fact that his name sounds a lot like Jewish, was not. <laughs> we don't, it doesn't sound like that in Serbian, to be fair. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, so, should I continue? Yeah. Yeah. 
so Sheshel uh, leaves prison, of course, because he ends up in prison again. He joins a book club, kind of, a Serbian literary society, which sure. is a hotbed of nationalist dissidents. And he meets a guy named Vuk Drashkovic, who will become What is his... it with literary societies, man? I don't know. <laughs> Yukio Mishima did the same shit. Yes, he did. Future episode well, topic. I don't think Sheshel has the, the capacity to commit suicide, though he will... You know, mention dying, wanting to die in a blaze of glory while he's in the Hague. <laughs> he has too much of an ego. He likes himself yeah. way too much to kill himself. No, 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 no. He doesn't have the like repressed homosexuality and like weird artistic yeah. tendencies yeah. of Machina. That he just didn't have the no, resources or something. So. Yeah. And I was gonna say he lacks a certain either. joie de vivre, if you will. Joie de mourir, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, so, fair enough. Actually, so he meets this guy named Vuk Drashkovic. Uh, he will become his BFF, and then later mortal enemy, but BFF for the time. And this guy is also a nationalist, a monarchist as, as well. Sheshel isn't a monarchist. That will become important. How are there still monarchists at uh, this point? They're losers and weirdos. <laughs> oh, my God. Who would be the, the king of America? <laughs> I... Anyway. <laughs> If you're, uh, I just, if you're listening to this and you're a monarchist, please make some friends. I beg you. Probably a good please idea. Please just be yeah. normal. So back when he met that guy, Jewish, Jewish in California, uh, that was just one stop on his North American trip uh, because he held a number of speeches across Serbian diaspora communities in the U.S. and Canada. Possibly, I've seen sources saying that he netted around $200,000 uh, from doing and that. to clarify, this guy was a literal Chetnik during uh, World War II. Yeah, he actually, around this time, he starts say, yeah, Jewish was a literal Chetnik during World War II, and it's around this time that Sheshel himself starts calling himself a Chetnik, uh, which is not like, you know, Yugoslavia had its faults, definitely, uh, fault lines as well. It will explode uh, very soon. But they, it still wasn't like, cool to call yourself a Chetnik. That was still something that, you know, mainstream people would dislike. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. yeah. Yeah. So, in a 2002 issue of Greater Serbia, uh, oh boy. the official magazine of the party that Sheshel will soon found, uh, he says the following, quote, when I went to America in 1989, I was welcomed with great honors. Uh, well, good job, guys. Uh, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, no, no, look, listen to this. I was received by Minister Derwinski, and he uses the word minister, but he actually means Ed Derwinski, who was Secretary of Veterans Affairs, whatever. Then I visited the Senate, the House of Representatives, the offices of the Helsinki Federation, which is an official institution. Because no one knew who you were. Real official status. Uh, this is very ironic considering the fact that he would end up in Hague and also uh, condemned by the Helsinki uh, Federation, which is a human rights uh, organization, uh, many times. Uh, so I was received by a great many senators, congressmen in the state of Ohio on the roof of Hang their on. Senate building. Hang on. Did the name Jim? No. <laughs> well, he doesn't mention him by name. 
But yeah, so he says, in the state of Ohio, on the roof of their Senate building, they brought before me and later gifted me their state flag along with a charter. The mayor of Cleveland, George Voinovich, who is a senator today, he Wait, gave me an was there honorary a man named Jim charter Traficant? as a fighter for human rights and so on. I think J.D. Vance would be proud. Yeah. Ohio has a sort of interesting <laughs> no. Ohio has a kind of interesting tradition of like Eastern European diaspora politics. It, it's too much of a like rabbit hole to get into right now, but it's worth looking into if for any it's of It's worth mentioning, listeners. definitely. So, By the way, yeah. George Voinovich. Yeah. Yeah. If you think that this story is kind of dubious, there is actually a picture of him and Derwinski. And also you're underestimating the lengths that the US will go to when it comes to anti-communist dissidents. So when <laughs> Drashkovich later, uh, when he's imprisoned by Milosevic for a few years, Milosevic who will be the president of Yugoslavia and then Serbia, or actually the other way around, I think. Um, when Drashkovich is imprisoned, uh, Bill Clinton, along with uh, François Mitterrand, uh, Mitsotakis, who was Prime Minister of Greece, uh, Yeltsin, and John Major, uh, will advocate for his release, for example. And Drashkovich wow. is every, every bit insane as Shashel. <laughs> uh, just less of a, you know, bombastic yeah, to, personality. To prep um, for this episode, I read, like, some of Michael Parenti's, like, speeches and stuff about yeah. the breakup of Yugoslavia. And... It really, like, it really did give me the impression that the U.S. definitely played a hand in it. Oh, yeah, a small role. Like, but, but yeah, like, I'm not saying it was our <laughs> fault entirely, but like, we definitely pushed things. Yeah, you, you weren't actually, you weren't against it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, he comes back from his 1990 trip to the U.S. and founds something called the Serbian Freedom Movement, which is short-lived. By March of that year, it merges with. Drashkovich's breakaway faction of a nationalist party, um, and they form a party called the Serbian Renewal Movement. And this too is short-lived, and I couldn't get a verifiable explanation on why they broke up all of a sudden. Uh, officially, they say it was because of ideological differences, but there were apparently rumors of disagreements over money uh, donated by the diaspora. So the fact of the matter is, Šešelj is out of that party by May. And he founds a new party called the Serbian Chetnik Movement. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, however, just openly. openly no, but, however, the government would not accept this party's registration because of the name, which is judged offensive to public decency. So Sheshin well, does what they he did does a little best. Nazi collaboration. Kind of. Come on. So he does does what he does best. He lands in jail again for <laughs> signing. So he so this is around the time where things in Croatia are heating up between the Serbian minority, which is at this time like twelve percent of Croatia, and Croatian nationalists who are preparing to break up they are importing uh ak-47s from hungary uh, oh, and, and you know organizing like you know uh lenin said you should build dual power so that's what the croats are doing at this time they're organizing their own army separate from the yugoslav army and you know if you're a serb li living in croatia that kind of you know reminds you of the 40s maybe um, yeah. The uniforms are very reminiscent as well. So anyway, um, so Sheshel lands in jail for going to uh, the Republic Square, which is the main square of Belgrade, and signing up volunteers to go fight in Croatia. 
in a war that has not breaking broken out yet. So yeah, but he uh, knows. And he also he also gathered signatures to demolish the House of Flowers, which is uh, the mausoleum in Belgrade where Tito's body is uh, displayed. Uh, well, it's not displayed. He's not like Lenin. It's just like he's buried there. Um, so he, so he starts. Is, he is. He's like way far gone into anti-communism. Yeah. This uh, and he and his supporters would actually show up in front of the House of Flowers the next year, brandishing hawthorn stakes, which in Serbian tradition, it's specifically hawthorn stakes that you have to use to kill a vampire. Uh, so he's they're trying to stop Tito from rising as a vampire, quote unquote. If we have any um, filmmakers listening, please make that horror movie. I will be it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he would spend about three weeks in jail uh, and then run for president of Serbia immediately upon release. Uh, December of that year, uh, 1991, marked the first multi-party, uh, 1990, sorry, marked the first multi-party elections in Yugoslavia. Uh, so it's not just the Communist Party anymore. Uh with you know disastrous consequences. <laughs> and, I was just saying, uh, yeah. if we've got any communist dictators listening... Don't allow multi-party democracy. It will end badly for you. By the uh, way, this is not an endorsement of, of not having multi-party democracy. Yeah, this is just <laughs> this is just some free advice for any potential dictator fans we have. Yeah, so he's not that popular yet. He comes in fifth with ninety-six and change, uh, ninety-six thousand and change uh votes uh milosevic wins that year with 65 percent of the vote drashkovic oh is actually the runner-up so Shesh's uh erstwhile bff drashkovic he's the runner-up with 16 percent. so milosevic so are, you know, are Shesher and drashkovic already mad at each other or not? yes they are they they have firmly broken up so okay. Later, he goes on to form the Serbian Radical Party, which is a party that exists to this day. That's the things, thing that he's known for, along with a guy named Tomislav Nikolic. And for the uninitiated, Tomislav Nikolic was the former president of Serbia oh, from no. 2012 to 2017, when he was succeeded by Aleksandar Vucic, who also got his start in this very same party, uh, who will join next year, uh, actually. <laughs> so... Uh... So Shesha Castle. Wait, who was the guy? Yeah. Who who was the prime minister um who got pushed out of a helicopter in what? I think no, the year two thousand? That didn't we had a prime minister I who was assassinated, swear. but he was shot with a sniper. He wasn't <laughs> Oh no. I or no, or might have been the former president of Yugoslavia was then was shot and then dumped it out of a helicopter. Not to my knowledge. <laughs> I could have what are you uh, read about this no. on Slobodan Milosevic's Wikipedia page. No, we have No, he did he did uh yeah, there is a prominent politician that uh he used to be Mil- yes, uh, he used to be Milosevic's mentor and he did shoot him and his body uh I I I'm not sure if it was ever found actually. But yeah, it is like everybody is pretty, you know, it's like a public secret. It's like yeah, it Every, yes, yes, yes. And everybody's like, yeah, Milosevic totally killed that guy. <laughs> um, that's not controversial at all. So anyway, at this point, uh, Ivan something. Šešelj is openly advocating for a greater Serbia. You know, things in Slovenia are heating up, heating up things in Croatia are heating up. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Uh, famously, okay, I'm going to quote one of his 
appearances on a talk show. Oh, Ivan Stambolich, which That's is very famous of. nowadays because of just how batshit insane like his nationalist rhetoric. Like he's not hiding at all, at all. And you know what's scary about watching this, like even now in 2022 is that people are laughing like the audience is kind of like on his side they're clapping they're like because he says it in such a way i guess that you can't be sure is he joking or does he actually think think these things so reminds me of uh Starkly's have, quote about the anti-semites kind of yes yes like it, if i may if i may interrupt quickly is part of why he's able to have some sort of uh support at all despite his radical views because does he have this odd form of charisma that allows exactly. him to say bizarre shit yet exactly think like like i said earlier he's very much the christopher hitchens of serbian nationalism <laughs> he's very he's very charismatic a very good orator uh he yeah even like okay i know that trump is also like in that sort of vein like you're not sure if he's joking or not but trump is not very good with words sheshen is he he's very good with he's very silver-tongued so uh without further ado uh this is this is these are some of the things that he said on that program i think croats have become much more dangerous to us now because croatia is now a nuclear power they have these irradiated kalashnikovs from hungary the greatest threat they will pose to us serbs is when they start throwing them in the sava river en masse and the radi- radiation flows down to belgrade and that's No, this is not. Is. No, this you is not that. real. I'm sorry. No, this is th- this is something no, you got no, no, from no. some brain from some expanded brain power no, no, no. meme that, or something. This isn't even no, the that's... craziest thing he's gonna say during this uh, appearance. That's something on like an expanded brain power <laughs> meme, like not liking Croatia because they're not part of the Yugoslavia, not liking them because they have radioactive guns <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> Listen to this. And as for their new army, you know, 20-30 Chetniks and they're done. When a bullet <laughs> from a when a bullet from a Tommy gun hits a Croat in the forehead, both of his eyes pop out. And when Jesus. you spray him with a barrage across the neck, his head falls off like that. There's no need to cut his throat or anything. And was it that this was this right at was this in the same instance he was talking about the radioactive gun? Yes, th- this is in the same breath. Yeah. So uh, he's just So he's just rapidly devolving into his weird into his weird fantasies. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually I'm just uh quoting him here but uh like the host also chimes in and he's not like saying any nationalist stuff and Sheshel actually mocks him. He says, "I don't know. You seem like kind of a pacifist." <laughs> uh so anyway, Jesus. um And as for the throat cutting, we've perfected new methods. Now we slaughter them with shoehorns, rusty ones, because then the autopsy can determine whether the victim succumbed to the consequences of throat cutting or tetanus. And that's something that people quote to this day, like the rusty shoehorns. Um, yeah. So he then references... Uh, So as a throwback to World War One, when Yugoslavia wasn't the thing yet, uh, Russia at one point has a communist revolution. And one thing they do to ingratiate themselves with the allies and maybe, you know, help uh, help with getting their like acquiescence to letting Russia drop out of the war, they leak a lot of the memos, you know, uh, that, that Ru- the Russian... Um, 
tippy top had exchanged with the allies so there was this thing called the london agreement which was proposed which would have seen uh what is today croatia which was then part of austria split between serbia and italy so Shashil references the london agreement and he says the other option if the italians don't accept our deal is then yugoslavia will fall apart into three countries a greater serbia a small slovenia and an even smaller croatia and then the host asks him well what about montenegro bosnia macedonia and Shashil laughs and he says sorry i lost the quote yeah he says bosnia and herzegovina well that's serbian land i know best i was born there macedonia is serbian too um yeah that's just about... just casually as a throwaway yeah i think we have macedonia too yeah that's so this is <laughs> this rhetoric feels a bit genocidal um yeah kind of when the war actually breaks out, you know, there's something called the 10-day war, which is the war with Slovenia. Yeah. It ends in 10 days because Slovenia wasn't really relevant to the Serbian uh, nationalists because there weren't many Serbs living there. Uh, but yeah. there were 12% of Croatia. So uh, famously, um, Šešelj advocates for the Yugoslav army pulling back from Slovenia, like, what are we even doing there? And fortifying the Karlobag, Ogulin, Karlovac, Virovitica line, which are, those are all the names of uh, villages in Croatia, where, you know, he proposes that the border of greater Serbia should be. And that's not his invention. That line was actually taken from a World War II Chetnik as well. So whatever. He also advocated for the deportation of some 360,000 Albanians, which I could not verify, uh, wouldn't surprise me. And when asked about his new uh, party, the Serbian Radical Party, he described it as not fascists, just chauvinists who hate Croats. Um, yeah, that, so there you have huh. it. I wonder what you would call an ideology based around national chauvinism and hating another ethnic group. By the way, uh, this sounds like, this just sounds like, this sounds very, very familiar. And I don't mean this as a joke. This is a hundred percent serious to the guys in Greece who say, I'm not a fascist. I'm a metaxist. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well, like Golden Dawn. Greece. And Golden Dawn actually sent volunteers to the war in Bosnia to fight on the Serbian side. Fun ah. fact. So that's uh, not a fun fact at all. That's a terrible. Fact. By the way, uh, the party Shechel uh, founded, the, the Serbian Radical Party, they maintain this line, uh, this line to this day, the the Karlobac-Karlobac-Virovitica uh, border. Uh, Alexander Vucic, who was member of that party for the longest time and is currently the president of Serbia, he has denounced it. But when asked in an interview whether the his new party SNS advocates for the unification of all Serbian lands into one country. Uh, he said that would be nice if it were allowed, but the power balance in the world is such that this is not our plan. Uh, so cool. Uh, okay. Just an answer guaranteed to piss off everyone. Yeah. So I'm going to use the, the shorthand. And it'll piss off like Serbian nationalists. Yeah, exactly. Like Vucic has like every unique, person we've. I feel like Vucic has a unique talent for doing that. Yeah. It feels like every person we've covered in this episode, or at least several of them, and to a lesser extent, this podcast is just no. Their lasting legacy is just coming up with weird schemes that never work out because they each have an IQ of 87. <laughs> uh, 
so in the first half of the 90s, uh, the SRS, uh, which is Shesh's party, I will be using that shorthand from now on, they're a tentative ally of Milosevic. And a lot of people's analysis is that Milosevic sort of used them as a controlled opposition, which may be too strong a term uh, because they were very, you know, uh, they were very autonomous still. So the Socialist Party, which is where Milosevic is from, they use the SRS to seem more moderate by comparison and undercut liberals and more moderate nationalists who oppose the wars by painting them as traitors. And Milosevic once dubbed Sheshel his favorite opposition politician. So they uh, sort of fulfill a similar function as the Liberal Democratic Party of Russia? Yes, I I don't think that's uh, that's an unfair oh. comparison. Where they're not fully the controlled, way, but that's how they function. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I, we already have the episode planned uh, yeah. out. Like they're not fully controlled opposition, but they function that way. Yeah, is that this accurate? is only during the 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 first half of the 90s, though. It, things okay. will change. So Sheshit right. also had a lot of violent outbursts during this time. At one point in 1992, Sheshit would famously punch a striking cab driver in the face, shouting at the strikers, I'll kill you all like the dogs you are. Nobody's allowed to shout in my face. I'll get you, you punks. I'll kill you all, you bunch of punks. Why aren't you at work? While his bodyguards fired weapons into the air and he himself would lay also pull a gun at uh, anti-war protesters in front of the parliament, mostly students, who in turn threw soap at him and told him to wash the blood of his hands. Um, cool. Wow. He would go on live That's... TV and read out lists of journalists who he considered unpatriotic and servants of foreign interests. Uh, in the early years of the war, um, his public statements included the threat to blow up the nuclear power station uh, at Krško in Slovenia and the warning to NATO that airstrikes against the Bosnian Serbs would be avenged with missile attacks on targets in Italy, Austria and Croatia. Um, that seems like a bad idea to antagonize them like that. Here comes one very funny part. Um, at one point in 1992, he brought a guy uh, supposedly called Alexis Dolgorukov to Serbia and offered him the throne. Uh, he would later say that he only, <laughs> like, I believe him when he says this. He he only said the, who he was Dolgorukov. I'm I'm getting to that. So he okay. only did this to. By the way, yeah. By the way, for those of you who don't know, the Serbia, the Yugoslav monarchy has not been in power for about, what, 45, 50 years uh, at this yes, point? Yes, exactly. Like since the end of World War II, it's been abolished by democratic vote, uh, which, of course, monarchists and some nationalists say was rigged. But yeah. Uh, so at one point, he brought this guy called Alexis Dolgorukov to Serbia. Um, he would later say that he only did this to discredit the monarchical option. Uh, because when later, the, when the Karadjordjevic family, who were the, you know, the the monarchs of Yugoslavia, when they returned to Serbia in 2001 and Crown Prince Alexander kissed the Serbian ground upon landing, Sheshil compared him to a grazing cow. Um, and Alexis Dolgorukov, uh, he was he was. If you look up his Wikipedia page, he was basically a professional pretender to a bunch of thrones. He thinks he's the what? heir to the Russian throne. Uh, supposedly descended from uh, the Romano family. Uh, he once said that he was descended from the last emperors of Byzantium. Uh, he says that he's the heir to the kingdom of Naples. 
uh, one time when he was running from the law and he was in Greece, um, he lost his passport, maybe on purpose, and he went to the police station and they told him, okay, sure, let us give you some temporary uh, paperwork, you know. Uh, and he was like, yeah, sure. I have like 15 titles. And then he used that temporary paperwork to introduce himself for the next like 15 years, wherever he went. He was like, yeah, I'm Alexis of this and this and this. And he was a Belgian guy who, yeah, whatever. He, he, he died in 1995 of AIDS, sadly. Uh, but yeah. Wait, uh, interesting. His Wikipedia page lists him under a different name. Uh, what's uh, this Bremeyer. Name? Yeah. Yeah, his Wikipedia page lists him as Alexis Bremeyer. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, hmm. in terms of the wars that ravaged Yugoslavia during the 90s, Šešelj has been allegedly affiliated with certain paramilitary groups, such as the White Eagles, who are accused of several accounts of ethnic cleansing and war crimes in Bosnia, Croatia, and Kosovo, and featured prominently in Šešelj's later Hague hearings. Some of them ended up in The Hague as well. Um, the U.S. State Department branded him a war criminal as early as 1992. Uh, one of the, th which like three years earlier, he was on a visit to the U.S. and he was like, "Yeah, I'm cool with all these people." Uh, and Man, he's, fake uh, friends, we, yeah, fake some friends. friends we are, huh? Yeah. Fun fact: uh, one of the leaders of the White Eagles, who was never accused of war crimes, apparently his men were especially well behaved. Uh, he uh, he's the first president of like the mission that the People's Republic of Donetsk sent to Serbia in 2014. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and he's banned from Ukraine wow. right now. Uh, so cool. Wow. But he never went to The Hague. So that's good <laughs> for him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, uh... the, yeah. Uh, one thing that he would be tried for in The Hague later was the forced deportation of Croats from the Serbian village of Hrtkovci, where he held hate speeches and intimidated the Croatian population who were at the time 40% of this is a tiny it's like there's like 2600 people living there and he intimidated 40% of the population who were croats into leaving um and these are largely the crimes that would earn him an extended stay at uh Scheveningen, which is you know where the prison is in the netherlands so, so this is interesting so he wasn't like a military leader like he a lot of never commanded troops animals. officially he sponsored no, he just... them he encouraged them to, you know, go and fight. Uh, he probably, uh, I'm, I, I don't know if I can uh, actually claim this. Maybe it's been disproven in The Hague, but he probably, you know, had a role in organizing the infrastructure that allowed them to, you know, go to the front and uh, stuff like that. But he never commanded anyone. He was never. So he never like went to the troops and was like, "All right, we're going to kill the people uh, he... in this village." <laughs> well, he just gave speeches saying he gave hate speeches. He tried to rename the village into something more certain because the name Hrtkovci it doesn't have. Anything, etymologically, it doesn't have anything to do with Croatia, but it kind of sounds like the word Hrvatska, I guess, which is the Serbo-Croatian word for Croatia. And he tried to rename it, in, to rename it into Srbislavci, which is whatever. It's stupid. He, yeah, he was yeah. like, it was kind of like because a lot of the Serbs in Croatia were at this time becoming refugees and fleeing, and I think this was like kind of his way of 
maybe trying to tell the nationalists, yeah, I'm doing some some something about this too. I'm I'm trying to get these Croats to go to Croatia as well. Um, whatever. So, in terms of his politics throughout the '90s, he. Uh, vacillates from position to opposition quite a bit. He plays a key role in parliament, helping achieve a vote of no confidence in uh, the government of the now not socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, later its president too. In September of 1993, he breaks with Milosevic because Milosevic begins to loosen his support for Republika Srpska, which is the Serbian part of Bosnia. And he he Milosevic is now taking steps towards kind of promoting peace talks in Bosnia because the sanctions are getting uh, getting pretty heavy. So, and Sheshil doesn't support that. He's like, like no, <laughs> that's you know, you have no guts. So he he wants to continue. The he war wants to him. continue supporting the Serbs in Bosnia. He he yeah. Um, actually, on that point, uh, yeah, that's after the uh, a famous peace plan fell through. Uh, which we don't have to get into. So they'd make up for a bit, and then they'd break up again the next year when Milosevic decided to impose a blockade on Republika Srpska, actually. And there's a quote about this from 1994, uh, which is when it happened. Uh, Sheshil said, Milosevic will sell out Kosovo and Metohia, the Rashka area too the so-called Pannonia in Vojvodina as well. He'll agree to the separation of Serbia and Montenegro. This modern Serbian Caligula is capable of reducing Serbia to Adaciganlia. Adaciganlia is a river island uh, in the Sava River in De- in Belgrade. So yeah, he's basically saying he'll, you know, he'll sell off all these other regions that are supposed to be part of Serbia. Some of them are part of Serbia. Uh, Quick sure. question. So, sorry to interrupt, but you said that um, uh, this guy opposed Milosevic going to the negotiating table with the West. Yeah. Um, and I assume that any peace treaty would involve lifting a sanctions in, in exchange for like concessions on part of Serbia and XYZ. Um, how badly was the Serbian economy doing at this point? Uh, pretty bad. Like, the, this was the era of hyperinflation. Like, you could, uh, yeah, <laughs> you would. Uh, go to the store and you know the prices would change from hour to hour it was disastrous mm-hmm. it can't be overstated uh yeah, yeah right. so yeah Sheshil didn't give a shit he was like this is our holy sacred goal <laughs> um so that yes. was why Milosevic, that was why milosevic uh, imposed the blockade on the rs Yes, he was trying to ingratiate to himself with the West. Like these, actually, th- this Van Sowen plan for peace in Bosnia in 93, it didn't fall apart because of Milosevic. He accepted it. Um, and the Croats and the Muslims or Bosniaks, they accepted it as well. It was actually uh, Radovan Karadzic, who was president of Republika Srpska. He didn't really want to accept it. And he said that he would only accept it if uh the parliament of republika srpska voted it in but then in the parliament even though a lot of the like mitsotakis was there the greek prime minister everybody was encouraging them to you know accept it uh they you know were shown a map of the gains that the serbian the bosnian serbian army had made and they were like "Ah, should we like accept smaller borders now like and yeah it wasn't accepted and the war went on for another two years sadly 
So, uh, yeah. So Sheshel would once again go to prison in 94 when he spit in the face of the president of one of the houses in parliament. Uh, at this time, things are very complicated. There were like five houses of parliament. It's stupid. Yes. Whatever. So, yeah, he, he spit in this guy's face. And because the guy refused to include certain items into the daily agenda, such as a discussion of the blockade on the Drina River, which is the border between Bosnia and Serbia, and foreign policy. Uh, for the next couple of years, he would remain an opposition member. Uh, he will get arrested once more for holding an illegal speech in Kosovo and will use his free time to pen some of his most uh, famous books targeting people he didn't like, such as The Drug Addiction of Crazy Vuk, uh, referencing Vuk Drashkovic, his former best friend. And this doesn't really get across in the translation, but... And the way the title of this book sounds is kind of like one of the titles of the poems from the Serbian medieval epic poetry cycles, you know. Uh, yeah, but he's talking about it. He's making fun of his former buddy for his drug addiction, I guess. How uh, did he stretch that into a book? Uh, well, a lot of, from what I gather, I haven't read any of his books, obviously. A lot of his books are like court transcripts and things that he said in uh, newspaper articles, like just pasted into his books. That's not writing a book. That's just trans, yeah, that's just releasing and public adding records. commentary in between, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so Being like this is when I epically owned the libs. Yeah, actually, in The Hague, he would still continue writing books, and he would get charged with contempt of court several times for revealing the identities of the witnesses uh, <laughs> in his books and on his website. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. I think that's the closest thing I've ever heard, like that anyone has ever come to witness tampering via blogging. <laughs> uh, there's a very <laughs> funny quote later about that, but we'll. We'll have to wait for that. So in 1996, he wins the local elections in the Belgrade municipality of Zemun. And he has Jean-Marie Le Pen and uh, Russia's own Zhirinovsky visit him. Uh, Future yeah, episode, Zhirinovsky. So yeah, and he yeah he forges an alliance with the Le Pens of, of France and their Front National. Yeah, okay, and so... Jean-Marie Le Pen is the one who like said Vichy France was basically fine, right? Yeah. He's the... yeah. And basically denied, basically tried, like, question. I don't want to say, didn't, I'm not sure if he openly denied six million Jews were killed, but I think he was definitely more open to questioning, more open to questioning it than people should be, if that sort makes sense. Sort of Holocaust neutral, which is not really what you want to be. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're coming up to one of the funniest parts of this script, <laughs> I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, okay. After a 1997 televised debate with a lawyer named Nikola Barovic that degenerated into a vulgar, vulgar argument, Barovic threw a glass of water into Sheshel's face, after which the program was cut. The next time Barovic was seen in public, his face was bloodied and covered in bandages. And oh my. I, I, I actually, I translated this uh, part of the, the, the debate for you and what, what happened. So Barovic says, uh, you have good connections in the Croatian police. Sheshin says, I have connections everywhere, Mr. Barovic. The Radical Party's intelligence service works very well. So you're colluding with the Ustasha intelligence. And Sheshit says, you're the one colluding with Ustashas, Mr. Barovic. They even came to your father's funeral here in Belgrade. That was before the war, but they were known to be Ustasha nationalists nonetheless. I would prefer not to talk about my father's funeral. 
Those are the facts, Mr. Barovich. Stop asking for a fight. And who's going to fight me? I am. Whoa, whoa. And then Barovich says, my father's dead. Your wife's a whore. And so what? My father is dead. He was killed by Udba, which is like the KGB. So what do you want from me now? And Shesha says, he was killed by the Udba? And Barovich says, yes, for defending the likes of you. Sheshin says, I was never defended by the likes of your father. And that's Ow. that's when he throws the, the glass of water in his face. And Barovich continues and asks the host, can we get him out of here? He can't mention my dead father. Can you tell him to be decent? Will you be decent? And Sheshin says, I will not be provoked in the studio by whatever you do, but know that you will pay dearly for this. And Barovic says, I'm not going to pay anything to anyone. Just be decent. I don't mention your parents. And that's where the program cuts off. And now from a, a newspaper interview about what happened when, you know, after the interview, when they found Barovic, you know, his face was covered in bandages. He was all bloody and bruised. And this is a quote from Barovic. After that, Sheshin went somewhere and I sat down with the host in one of the empty offices, wanting to calm down and have a talk. During all that, employees, employees entered and left the BK, that's the TV station, left the BK offices inquiring about the event. At one point, Sheshil came into the office with one other inconspicuous man whom I didn't even look at properly, and he headed towards us. I thought he wanted to continue arguing or clear something up with the host since they hadn't had a chance to talk since the, ho since the show ended. At that moment, the man who entered alongside Sheshel approached me all of a sudden and kicked me in the face. Since I was sat in a deep three-seat couch, I tried to stand up, but he continued punching me. He only stopped when Sheshel said, that'll do, after which they left the office. I didn't see them after that. And then for the other side of the story, <laughs> they uh, like they started interviewing Sheshel about the incident. And he said, he said uh, well, Barovic, as you can see, assaulted me physically during the show. And then after the show, he approached me like a little uppity rooster and attacked me. I pushed him away gently in self-defense, but it so happened that he slipped on a banana peel that had been lying around and fell down some stairs. After that, he got up, slipped again, fell again, and so on. And then the journalist, the journalist asks him, how was it that you were attacked, but he's the one who got hurt? And Sheshin says, well, it's kind of like if I came at Mike Tyson. Who would get hurt then? I have a feeling he thinks he could take Mike Tyson. It's so funny, though. He, he straight up sent his bodyguard to kick this guy's ass. He was Wait, was this... Uh, who was the one saying this exactly? Uh, what The the thing about the banana peel? That's yeah, Sheshin himself. He's, yeah, he's okay. laughing. That he's laughing sense. as he says that. You, he, he knows how ridiculous I mean, it sounds. Like, he's like... Given, <laughs> given his proclivity for just, like, weird failed schemes and, like, dumb comments, I am fully convinced that he just watched, like a hundred episodes of Tom and Jerry and then just kind of used that as like the blueprint for his plot to lie his yeah, way out that's, of this. That was the reference he was making, I think. So the reason I, that he was even debating Barovic is because Barovic was known to represent Croatian clients and one of the families that he'd been representing, the Barbalic family living in Zemun where uh, Sheshel had won his election, um, they came back from vacation to find that their locks were changed. 
And neighbors say that a company of armed men, among whom was Sheshin's bodyguard, uh, they came and kicked in the door while the family was away and replaced the locks. And the municipal court ordered that the family be granted access to the home. But on the day that they were supposed to be, uh, they were informed that unfortunately there were no available officers to help them. Cool. <laughs> so, so ethnic cleansing sponsored uh, by the government. But it's also like done with a smirk on his face, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, I hate to keep bringing this up, but it, it's the Sartre thing about the anti-Semite and the Jew, yeah. where the anti-Semite gets to play with language because he doesn't want to convince you. Yeah, because he doesn't doesn't have a stake in it. So exactly, Sheshit would also take up take part in the Serbian presidential elections in 1997. And win with 50.6% uh, of the vote. But alas, the Electoral Commission annulled the election because they gauged the turnout was only 48%, which isn't enough. And when the elections were repeated, uh, SPS, which is the Socialist Party, they ran another candidate and won instead of Sheshin, which, you know, you might imagine, as you may imagine, it ticked him off quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure he took that really well. In 1998, the conflict in Kosovo is re-erupting, and Sheshi's party joins one last so-called government of national unity. Uh, even though he hates Milosevic, but he, you know, he wants to be in power uh, to some extent, yeah, of course. Uh, and he's appointed deputy president of the government. That doesn't like for you know most of your listeners are probably Americans. President of the government doesn't mean president of the country. President of the government is literally saying prime minister. So he's deputy prime minister, basically. And one fun aside, uh, remember that Chetnik guy, uh, Juich, who gave him the title of Voivoda? Um, yeah. He rescinds uh, Sheshin's voivodeship, voivodeship, I guess, for allying with the gravedigger of Serbia and voting against the introduction of religious education to Serbia. By the way, uh, they lost that vote, even though Sheshin voted against it for some reason. You, We have religious education in our primary and high schools now as an elective, like you can have civics or religious education. So, so uh, was he more of a secular nationalist? Yeah, he is, he... definitely. He's a secular nationalist and a Republican. He doesn't like the monarchy. He He's not into religion that much. And that doesn't quite gel with Jewish Chetnikdom. Uh, so... He says that's enough to remove anyone's rank of Voivoda. But Sheshin also spoke of the old dynasty in such an ugly way. No communist ever spoke of them that way. I was naive to trust them, uh, to trust him. But so are now the Serbs who vote for him. And there is no neo-fascism here. It's pure neo-communism. He's just a man from the state apparatus. Canceling uh, him for not being a fascist. Yeah. Sheshil in The Hague, he would actually dispute this. He says that he and Jewish got into a fight over some other reasons, which we don't have to get into. But yeah, he says so that he was never... So who decide who becomes a voivod? I guess when you're already a voivod, or if, okay. maybe if you're a king, they would probably accept that. But yeah. <laughs> um, So it's a very tricky year to navigate, 1998. Uh, because violence in Kosovo is escalating and various foreign missions and attempts at mediation uh, and a referendum on foreign mediation is even held. 97% of the Yugoslav in Kosovo? And yeah, and Yugoslavia at this point, that's basically just Serbia and Montenegro. So 97% of them vote against. Uh, yeah, early 1999 kicks off with the Racak incident, I'm going to say. That's kind of like a neutral term. Uh, 
which is the deaths of 40, the killings actually of 45 Albanians in Kosovo. And the Yugoslav line is that they were KLA members, which I guess you could see how that, that can be argued since that, that's an insurgent force. They don't really have uniforms. It's kind of difficult to tell who's a combatant and who isn't. Of course, they could also be making that up whole cloth. For our um, listeners, the KLA was is the Kosovo Liberation Army. Yeah, so who were at one time designated as a terrorist organization by the U.S. State Department and then later trained by the CIA, which is cool. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, so they, that will be a running theme once 45, we stop covering uh, US 45 Albanians who may or may not be KLA member, members were killed by the Serbian police, the Yugoslav police at the time, I guess. And um, of course, there there is a foreign... Uh, investigation into this led by a Finnish Finnish doctor representing the European Union here and she ascertains that it was actually just that they were civilians uh, so that also you know edges the situation towards war uh, and there's a thing called the uh, Rambouillet agreement which is kind of like the last chance to avert war but it's kind of uh, okay I'm not going to say that it was uh rigged to fail because i'm not an expert but you know who is an expert henry kissinger <laughs> he's an expert on oh you know sabotaging peace talks and he's quoted as saying the rambouillet text which called on serbia to admit nato troops throughout yugoslavia was a provocation an excuse to start bombing rambouillet is not a document that an angelic serb could have accepted it was a terrible diplomatic document that should never have been presented in that form uh, many people uh in the serbian public and pro-serbs generally like even foreigners compare it to the ultimatum that austria-hungary posed to serbia before the eruption of world war one where they were like war doesn't have to erupt just let our army go into your country (laughs) so that's kind of what's happening here with nato you can't say yes to that yeah uh so that finally led to the nato bombing of yugoslavia which began on march 24th and ended on the 10th of june 1999 um it ended on with the kumanovo agreement but before i i go uh to the agreement there's another session quote from this spot where I stand now, I warn all our neighboring countries to not play with fire. Whichever one of them allows for an attack on Serbia from its territory will find itself at war with the Serbian people. If even one American rifle shoots at Serbia and its people, we guarantee you the Macedonian state will be no more. Because I guess Macedonia was considered the primary staging ground, potentially. Uh, but yeah, there was never a land invasion. It was just a bombing campaign. So Macedonia was already independent. At this oh point. yeah, they broke away yeah. like very quietly. There was there was no war in Macedonia. Yeah. There will be one in two thousand and three, uh, three bet- between Albanian separatists and the Macedonian army. Yeah, that, that's uh, a, but that a, comes later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it it ended with the Kumanovo Agreement, uh, which was signed in Kumanovo, which is in Macedonia, which ordered the evacuation of the entire Yugoslav army and Serbian police forces from Kosovo and Metohia. That's kind of like a de facto recognition, wouldn't you say? What's so, Metohia? Uh, Metohia is just another part. It's the full name of the place is Kosovo and Metohia. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, it's Kosovo is a shorthand. Um, okay. Metohia comes from a Greek word, which means like, because there are a lot of Serbian monasteries there, like 
lands that belong to the church or metochia in Greek. So whatever. Okay. Um, and yeah, Kosovo, it's in 1999 that it becomes a un protectorate there's a nato base there and yeah it's very fun so in response to this Sheshel and all other radical party members currently part of the government tender in their resignations uh, because they don't support milosevic's deal but they continue performing their duties saying that's in in the nation's interest and one important member of that government was Alexander Vucic, who was the Minister of Information and passed a very controversial information law. There practically not a day went by without a journalist going to jail. <laughs> it's oh, very, my. Yeah. Uh, that, uh... Some of them died as well. Famously, uh, Slavko Churuvia, who, yeah, his uh, death was never, his case was never solved. But yeah, some people suspect Vucic but... to this day. So... Uh, Jesus. We're nearing the end. So in an interview with Nin, that n- newspaper that I mentioned earlier, uh, in 2003, uh, Shesh stated that he had inside information that he would be indicted by The Hague. That was on the 4th of February. Um, and that he had already booked a flight to The Hague for the 24th. And the initial indictment was filed on the 14th of February. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, so... In an, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he went there willingly. He didn't like put up a fight. He was like, I know that I'm going to be indicted. He just booked a uh, plane and went. Uh, so, the crimes in his indictment include, among others, that Sheshel, both individually and as a part of a joint criminal enterprise, engaged in the permanent forcible removal through the commission of crimes in violation of articles, blah, 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 uh, of Croat, Muslim, and other non Serb populations from approximately one third of the territory of the Republic of Croatia, large parts of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and from parts of Vojvodina in the Republic of Serbia, in order to make these areas part of a new Serb-dominated state. His stay in The Hague would last for 11 years, and I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to go over his entire stay, like the chronology. This is the end of the script for all intents and purposes. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, there's a bunch of contempts of courts. There's a bunch of uh, insults. There's a bunch of hunger strikes because he wanted to represent himself, and initially the court wouldn't grant him that right uh, because he's a trained lawyer. He, you know, he trusts himself the most, uh, yeah. and yeah. He would be released after, like, it took them four years to even start the trial. He was in a Why? cell for four years. I don't know, like, maybe they were gathering documents. Maybe they were trying to psych him out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Sheshel had argued that his right to be tried in a reasonable amount of time was violated in September two, 2011. And he uh, called the situation incomprehensible, scandalous, and inappropriate. But the bench ruled that there is no predetermined threshold with regard to the time period uh, beyond which a trial may be considered unfair on account of undue delay and declared that Sheshel failed to provide concrete proof of abusive process. And is, uh, yeah, nobody cares. Like the, the chronology yeah, doesn't they were matter. Like- I'm just they were going like, to all right, yeah, man, I'm gonna go over the highlights. So one time when he was on a hunger strike and defending him, his right to represent himself, 
The judge said, or one of the prosecution, it doesn't really matter, an authority figure said, please read us in Serbian what the end of the sentence says. And he's pointing to uh, something that Shashel had written and sent to the court beforehand. And Shashel says, why haven't you read all of it, sir? You're a better reader than I. In the end, it says, quote, all of you members of the Secretariat of the Hague Tribunal can only accept to suck my dick. That's what the text says. <laughs> and the guy continues and says, now I ask you to read us the last short paragraph. <laughs> and Sheshit says, I can't only read the last one. I have to read the second to last one as well. The last one wouldn't make sense otherwise. And the guy says, fine, you may read them both. And Sheshit says, my legal counsel does not represent me. That is why they don't have to fulfill the conditions that you have established for the defense. The only conditions they have to fulfill are the conditions that I set for them. As for you, just keep interrupting the preparation of my defense, and in the end, you'll have to eat up all the shit that you've shat out for yourself. Fuck all of your mothers, beginning with Hans Holthus, uh, which is one of the prosecution. Uh, yeah, so that's how it kicks off. Those are the early days of the trial. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, what does he mean? What does he mean that his team doesn't represent him? What uh, he he has that? legal counsel there. I think one of them was also Tomislav Nikolic who will later form the now ruling party of Serbia. Um, but he says, they don't represent me. They're here as my legal counsel, but I'm representing myself. That was his point. Yeah. All right. So, listeners, I'm not a lawyer, but if you're ever on trial at The Hague, I would recommend not doing this. But, you know, I Sheshil is, is a trained lawyer himself, and he, yeah, I think right. that maybe you should. Wait, that makes it even worse. You should know what yeah. to do. <laughs> I, you should try not to get put on trial at the Hague. But if you ever find yourself in that situation, please just shut up. You're only <laughs> going to make it worse. Yeah, I was going to say that's not re- this about this situation is really not one where you can afford to piss any more people off. Also, if you are if you are listening and you're ever on trial at the Hague, do not fucking mention us. I do not need that kind of heat. <laughs> uh, okay, so here are some of the choice quotes that I've uh, found and translated for your convenience, which oh, you wouldn't boy. have been able to get anywhere in English, I don't think. So, um, so this is one. some original content. Oh yeah, courtesy of Gavrila. Uh, yeah, Mr. Sheshil, please rise. <laughs> Sheshil says, "Me rise for you? You're the scum of the earth. What are you talking about? Rise for you? I am a Chetnik Voivod." <laughs> Uh, one time to even he really just does not care. Well, he got his voivodness revoked. Uh, well, he says that he didn't. He doesn't agree with that claim. He <laughs> says those are basically. Even though you can find a YouTube clip of Jewish denouncing Sheshe. <laughs> uh, but okay, so one he's time... kind of doing like a monarchist thing where he's like, no, 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 I still am. <laughs> yeah. So one time to even bring out the evidence in his defense, he asked. He asked for a, a million and three hundred thousand euros for legal expenses and for the court to arrange for his books to be published in French and English. Cool. That uh, I'm assuming he didn't get. That. Uh, I think he did. Not the book thing. I think they actually did pay for his legal expenses at one point because there was one of the one of the main uh, like um, judges at the tribunal. A lot of Western press were actually like criticizing him for 
supposedly siding with Milosevic, uh, Milosevic with uh for you know granting that uh, that expense. Um, anyway, another quote. I express great regret that the authors of the statute of the Hague Tribunal did not include a possibility of a death penalty uh, so that I could put a seal on my ideology through suffering that penalty in a dignified and upright manner. Like my friend Saddam Hussein, my ideology would then become immortal. All right. Some more free advice for the listeners. Never say my friend Saddam Hussein. <laughs> that will why not these, end well for are, you. <laughs> yeah. Just that will not so end many, well for you. Why are so many people obsessed specifically with Saddam well, Hussein? I think Sheshin sees himself as uh, like, you know, uh, he like Saddam Hussein is anti-American and so am I. That's basically the thing. Uh, they're oh, okay. the axis of evil, and Sheshil is the fifth beetle. Basically, he's he's the one that America never mentions. <laughs> he's sort of Quincy Jones of war yeah, crimes, essentially. Um, Okay, so now the prosecution says, the accused delivered us an edition of his new book, The Plucked Sheet Turkey from the Hague, Christine Dahl, which is another member of the prosecution. I will not ask you to read the book because it isn't relevant, but just look at its cover and some of its content. It's offensive, and the accused has repeatedly insulted and mocked the dignity of this court. And Sheshit replies, "Uh, there's a picture below, uh, if you scroll way down, you can see uh, and the cover oh my. is a plucked turkey <laughs> with her head photoshopped on. So, um, and Sheshin says, if Miss, if Miss Dahl feels insulted or slandered, she can try suing me in front of the appropriate court in Belgrade, except verbal offenses in Serbia are no longer punished with prison time, so I would just end up fined. Or she can sue me for compensation. The book is already out and mostly sold, so if you can, you can stop its distribution, and it makes no sense to attack it politically during this trial. You can't go door to door and wrest it away from people's hands. Nor do we hold a list of buyers because a lot of it was given away because that's just what the radical party does. As far as the cover is concerned, that's a matter of how one experiences art. Someone find it insulting. Someone find it cute. If someone did that to me, who knows how I would react? I might get angry. I might just laugh it off. Maybe I would find it cute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're just such charitable people, you know? Uh, I love that he considers his political screeds art. That's so cool. So, like, for I. The, <laughs> for this next quote, you need some linguistic context. So, Croatian, even though Croatian and standard Serbian are essentially the same language, let's not sugarcoat it. Uh, like, if you call it Serbo Croatian or Serbian and Croatian, that's just a political thing. But uh, notably in Croatia, they use different names for the months. They use Slavic names for the months. They don't say January, February, March. In Serbia, we just say January, February, March. Uh, so uh, the name of October in Croatian is literally translated as leaf fall, <laughs> basically. So Sheshin uh, mocks that here. So he he's addressing one of the witnesses, and he says, you seem intelligent and educated. You are surely aware from the standpoint of the constitutional role of the Yugoslav National Army that the only decision that the Croatian parliament of the 8th of October was authorized to make was to stop the leaves from falling. 
So wow. he was basically saying like when the, that's the an- anniversary of their first like uh, independent parliament, independent from Yugoslavia, and he's saying that it was unconstitutional. Like the only yeah. thing, uh, yeah, you you were authorized to do was stop the leaves from falling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, here he's addressing... Man, this guy really doesn't like Croatians. That's sort of a big takeaway here. Um, Here, he's addressing one of the expert witnesses who's the Hague's uh, military expert. And he says... uh, And he's from Belgium. And Sheshil says, how long was it that the Belgian army resisted Hitler's soldiery in 1940? And the court says, not relevant. And Sheshil says, Mr. Chairman, I absolutely do have the right to bring the expert's opinion into question. And, and the expert says, Your Honor, I don't remember. I don't think it was even a month's, month. And Shesha says, was it an hour and some minutes? And there's silence. <laughs> and Shesha says, okay, so he doesn't know. And the court says, well, he's not a historian either way. And Shesha says, well, he attended the military academy. I would assume he would learn of the heroic feats and military accomplishments of the great Belgian army. That's what we learn in our military academies. Does Belgium not have a heroic tradition? Cool. Um, yeah, I. The, yeah, it's. You want to be like, oh, that's pretty funny, but then you remember that, like, you remember he who advocated. he is. Then so, you remember he thought ethnic cleansing was pretty much cool. Yeah. There are a couple of more um, jokes that he made on the expense of the like Serbo-Croatian language and what happened after the fall of Yugoslavia, where a lot of people would opt to call it, you know, Croatian or Bosnian and change a couple of things. There's literally a clip where one of the witnesses, I don't know who it is, but Sheshil is cross, supposedly he's a Bosniak and Sheshil is cross-examining him and he's reading out things of course in serbian and the the witness is uh like he's holding the headset and he's like listening you know attentively and sheshit just stops his uh speech and says what are you doing and he's like are you waiting for a translation and the witness says yes and sheshit says into bosnian and the witness says witness says yes and sheshit just starts laughing for five minutes he's like what are you doing <laughs> like you're pretending not to understand me <laughs> like, uh yes Christ. so one other time the really going for the hell yeah one here. other time the witness was creation again and uh Shesha says do you agree that we speak the same language and the witness says similar ones we can understand one another and Shesha says oh we understand one another and would you say that the differences in our languages are of a more recent date. I see you yourself are struggling to adapt to these new changes in the language spoken in Croatia. For example, earlier you said Izvjeshtai, but then corrected yourself and said Izvjeshtje. And several times you said System, and then corrected yourself and said Sustav. And the witness says, I don't know that I agree. Both of these variants have existed in the Croatian language for a long time. And Sheshit says, you Croats have up until recently used the former versions of the words. And then late, uh, then a few years ago, someone suggested that you ought to make a switch to the latter forms to differentiate yourselves from the Serbs. Cool. Uh, and another, th- because one of his translators, the interpreters in The Hague, um, was Croatian. 
And <laughs> and Cheshire then says, aside from the fact that for a year and a half now, you've been forcing me to listen to this corrupted version of Serbian, the so-called Croatian language. Um, wow. That's about all so, that we have on the subject of language, I think. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the script. And I see there is just the words Bosnian. Yeah, Roman. that's the thing. That I no said. further explanation. We're, yeah, we're, we're just laughing about the Bosnian. Bosnian what? Yeah. I just, I just really enjoy, like, there's all these quotes. And then the Bosnian moment. <laughs> <laughs> so one time, um, one of the... I, I don't I guess it was a judge. They asked Sheshel, uh, Mr. Sheshel, do you wish to cross-examine the witnesses, the witness, or are you sticking to the decision you told us yesterday? And then there's a silence. And he says, Mr. Sheshel, and you see Sheshel bolt up into into an upright position. <laughs> and he says, Whoop, sorry, I tuned out for a second. I was listening to the French channel, a beautiful melodic language, and I don't understand a thing, so it's even nicer. So Seems like he has very little respect for the Yes, but uh, specifically in this case, this was because he categorically refused to cross-examine every any witness that didn't appear um, in person that, you know, uh, just submitted their statements or was like behind a barrier or something like that. Yeah. So that's what he so, says later when he says, I will not be cross-examining any witnesses, any witnesses uh, or like, I guess this would be testimonies actually, given in written form and transcripts of witness testimonies from other trials. Some sort of mummy or some zombie might turn up who will confirm everything without even knowing what the statement said. And someone will dictate the answers to my questions to him over the headset. So yeah. He's, oh, uh, it's rigged. Yeah, kind of. Well, he's just saying that that opens up a very, you know, real possibility of it being rigged against him. Like, if the if he can, but he also, on the other hand, he has been accused of witness intimidation on several uh, occasions. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like if you used to have a paramilitary group, you probably can do some witness intimidation pretty easily. Uh, and also being, you know, imposing Shashilias. So one other quote. How much does he weigh? A lot, especially now. He's even fatter now. Uh, so <laughs> why, why doesn't the uh, why doesn't the larger of the accused complete <laughs> yeah. eat the judges? Yeah. So one other quote. I have absolutely no objections. Ascribe all the crimes committed in this war to me. But give me all the documents that I'm asking for so that I can prepare my defense. The main thesis of my defense shall be that the main culprit of these crimes is Pope John Paul II. Anti-clerical to the end. Yeah, especially anti-Catholic. Anti-Catholic. <laughs> okay, yeah. Maybe he wasn't anti-clerical and he was anti-Catholic because of the Croatians. Uh, you know how under no circumstances do you have to hand it to the Nazis? You can hand yeah. it to the Serbian nationalists. Why not? Uh, I feel wait, like wait, I have wait, to wait, say wait, that wait. I don't do that. I feel uh, like just, just wait, to wait, cover wait. myself, I'm going to say I do not hand it to the okay. Serbian ultranationalists. Fair enough. <laughs> wait, what did you say about handing it to the Nazis? I genuinely did not yeah, hear that's you. That's like a famous tweet that says, under no circumstances do you have to hand it to the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. 
Another quote, the greater Serbian idea is mine and should not be associated with Slobodan Milosevic, nor with any other personage called out in the indictment along with him. That was a long-term goal, but my intention was never to go towards it by exiling three to four million people. Our idea was to convince them that they're Serbs, which runs... Yeah, that's not what well, he said like, earlier, like in that interview from 2002. That was like a thing he said. Yeah, he that, said, you know, I would never like, force anybody to say they're Serbian. <laughs> <laughs> and now in also, the hate, like, yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, also, uh, I feel like the idea of greater Serbia kind of predates him a little bit. It does. Just a little. It does very much. Yeah, I don't By think around I years. Yeah, yeah like, I, I feel like you don't get to claim credit for that. I can actually tell you who originated it, and it was a guy named Ilya Garashanin. Look him up later. Yeah. Uh, sure. I, uh, oh. that, that's like if I claimed to invent liberalism. Kind of. <laughs> Wait, you didn't? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually was the first liberal. Liberalism was actually invented in 2010. Most people don't know that. By John Liberalism. That's right. Uh, That's me. I'm John Liberalism. This has been lying for years. <laughs> so one other quote is, fate did not allow me to rise to power in time. Uh, also, that... I hate... Like a lot that of the... literally sounds like a Mussolini quote. Kind of. But Mussolini did rise to power. I know. That's why... But it, like... Maybe it's just the translation, but like that is, it has the same kind of sentence structure. Yeah, it's very, you know, apocalyptic almost. Philosophical yeah, kind, of. kind of. It's apocalyptic and it I, uses passive voice. I it's hate use of passive voice. I hate the image that Serbs uh, have in the West of them just being, you know, like a smaller Russia. And here he is, Sheshe, literally saying on the record <laughs> in The Hague Serbs are little Balkan Russians. That's why the West hates us. <laughs> Okay, yeah, cool. He um I guess he's not helping. <laughs> he's not helping not the image. image, not a, the optics. Not Think about the optics. Yeah, sure. um, you got to uh, take into account how Serbians are viewed here. Come on, man. Uh so here he is addressing Anthony Obershall who was uh who was uh an expert witness. He's apparently a sociologist and a, I think he's American as well. Uh so <laughs> so Sheshi says, what is the number of atoms contained within a gram of any element? You don't know? So we see that you're no physicist. That must be what drove you to soci sociology. <laughs> but, He's not a hard scientist either. He's also a sociologist in a way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wasn't he a lawyer? Yeah, he, he studied law and then political sciences. Yeah. So, yeah. Did he ever practice law? Uh I'm not sure. He definitely taught it at one point. God, uh, imagine sure if exactly. you're just like some random Serbian guy in like 1980, and then, you know, 20 years later, you find out some guy who helped you like pay off your tax bill to, is now a war criminal. Yeah. That was here's a, here's another. Here's another banger. In the Serbian tongue, <laughs> liquidate does not necessarily mean shoot. Oh, man, uh, <laughs> that's a thing you only as, say as an, when you're, when you're as an expert guy. witness on the matters of the Serbian language here I could say that it generally does yeah <laughs> I, I feel like once you have to make that clarification you've already lost yeah. uh, here he is referencing another expert witness sociologist named Yves uh, Tomic so he's saying uh, Tomic is absolutely incompetent to be an expert, his knowledge should surpass mine. You should have to be at least an academic to be allowed to testify about the greater Serbian ideology, and they got me this schmuck who could barely be an assistant. 
Cool. Wow. I'm sorry, do you have the word schmuck in Serbian? Uh, no, we don't use it as such. I okay. just thought that it was fitting in the context. Okay. <laughs> I was just curious. Uh, no. <laughs> Another quote. I mean, this guy is a testament to the truth of the, uh, to the validity of the Dunning-Kruger effect because he's one of the dumbest people on earth and he just thinks he knows everything. No, I, I think he generally I is intelligent. He's just a jokester. <laughs> yeah, like he's... Again, it's back to the Sartre thing. He knows exactly yeah. what he's doing. He doesn't he's have to stupid. be serious. Yeah, he knows none of this shit matters. Like, and he's like, like mo- most of the care. stuff. Most of the stuff that I'm quoting here, he's saying it while laughing, like <laughs> with a smile on his face. So one one another one other quote is: "I told you, my goal is life imprisonment. That's what I'd like best. Don't worry yourself with how I'll pull it off." Cool. Hmm, uh, yeah. Well, By the I way, I didn't clarify this earlier. He got out uh, of The Hague. He wasn't indicted on any account. Uh, and then later, retroactively, when there was like another special commission or whatever, and they said that he actually was guilty of ethnic cleansing in that case of Hrtkovci when he uh, held those hate speeches in that Croatian village. Uh, and he was sentenced to 10 years, but he'd already served those. So, yeah. Um, cool. Damn, it's cool how you. Wait, just, so he didn't accomplish his goal. He did. He yeah, because he got back to Serbia and he's essentially he's essentially irrelevant. His party doesn't have any seats in the party. So sorry about that, folks. The recording stopped. I'm not totally sure what happened. Uh, we're just gonna finish up though, and uh, and later when we re um, when I'm um, editing this together. I'll put in any of the like, you know, quotes or jokes yeah. or whatever that I missed. You, you can post the script as well. Like people can like yeah. the things okay, that are yeah. missing, which are some of the funniest parts in my opinion, you can find it in the script, I guess. So okay, are we not doing the quotes yet? No, we can or we like, can continue from Yeah. There are only uh, a couple more left and Yeah, continue we're, from we're Carla up. Del Ponte. Yeah. So Carla Del Ponte uh, confirmed in her memoir that she indicted me at the request of Zoran Djindjic, who's uh, who was a prime minister of Serbia who got assassinated. And then mm. Shesha says, the mafioso prime minister Djindjic escaped us five years ago, so we can't ask him anything now, but we can ask Del Ponte. Uh, cool. So... Again, a reference to the Jinjic assassination. I believe that Zvezdan Jovanovic is falsely, falsely accused, who's the assassin. And were he not, he'd enjoy the fame of Gavrilo Princip in Serbian history. Nice. Wow. So he, to clarify, that's him saying that, not you, right? Uh, yeah, that's him saying that. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, you can kill me, but you can't destroy my website. If the secretariat <laughs> continues, if the secretariat continues to send orders to web providers to take down my site, I will find a provider with my great friends, the North Korean leader Kim Jong Il, the Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, and the Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez. Really, a murderer's row of just the coolest guys. I am proud of the fact that you recognized me as an enemy of the USA and the NATO alliance and their new world order. Did he say the words New World Order? Yeah, he, he used that. Uh, Which well, I know that as like a, a, an anti-Semitic dog whistle, but he's I, I couldn't genuinely find any other case of him even mentioning Jews. Like, so I don't know. But yeah, interpret it as you will. So 
Um, when you offered me lunch, I thought that you meant that seriously. So I expected to be given lunch. Not that bag over there, that slop unfit for pigs that they send us from the prison. <laughs> if you offered lunch, I expect the same lunch that you, chairman, or the prosecution will enjoy. If not, rescind your offer so that I can be sure that I will remain lunchless. Yep. Incredible. There are people in this court whose principal ideological leader is still Hitler. Which, yeah, that's not untrue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> the entire yeah. civil... <laughs> Sorry. I, I feel like if you're also doing ethnic cleansing, you don't get to <laughs> yeah. compare other people to Hitler. Uh, I guess not. Uh, the entire civilized world has known for centuries that you cannot reheat potatoes because nitrates turn to nitrites, which are poisonous. What? What does that have to do with? Apparently, he was offered reheated potatoes in the in the cafeteria of the Hague or whatever, and he was like, "No, this is you're trying to kill me." <laughs> that doesn't have the anything Hague. to do with. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with politics. It's just him. No, he, he was just he was just voicing his disagreement. <laughs> Um, God, I, okay. Imagine being like the lunch lady at the fucking Hague. <laughs> oh my God. That's got to be the weirdest job of all time. Uh, little known fact Slobodan Milosevic died of reheated potatoes in the Hague. <laughs> Didn't he die of a heart attack? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he saw the lunch. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the prosecution says that I began as a communist. Not true. I began as a baby. When I entered puberty, I became a communist at 17 years of age. And then I was kicked out of the party in spectacular fashion once I left puberty. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I guess that is true. After this trial is over, it is easily imagined that some of the judges, prosecution, and court staff become Shechelians. I highly I feel like that that's not going to happen. Hmm. Perhaps. Yeah, not. I was. I was going to say, wasn't he found guilty? He was Later. found guilty retroactively, and he, he. They said you, you. He already served that sentence, like ten years, uh, but he was in the Hague for eleven fully. I think. Oh, okay, so, I know, but but I know, but still, I mean, if you're even getting sentenced to, if you're being declared guilty retroactively, I feel like that's a sign. That they're not on your side? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> well, I mean, they did They did tell him just go home. And then a year later remembered, oh, wait, you actually did do some <laughs> fucked up stuff. <laughs> we were under your charms at the moment, <laughs> at the time. Damn, I, uh, I'm starting to think maybe The Hague isn't perfect. Uh, perhaps not, no. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so now I thought that we could have a little game because the because Gabe is the only one who doesn't have the script in front of him. And I could read some of Shesh's published book titles and he could guess if they were uh, real books or not. Okay. Right, By the way, uh, you might be wondering who was publishing these books. Uh, in his absence, I when am. he was in The Hague, uh, Vucic and Nikolic founded uh, a publishing house called Greater Serbia. And they published. I'm a lot sorry. Of books. Excuse me. Uh, I think there... Nikolic is still um, a share owner. I think, like he he's still he's still a stakeholder in the company. And Vucic uh, sold his shares once he uh, became member of a new party. Something... So, yeah. so Vucic I, I... really did do a 180. 
Because he's like a pro EU guy now, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's what broke them up because there was like an EU memorandum on accepting some sort of EU funding for opposition parties, I think. And Nikolic and Vucic were part of the faction in the radical party who were like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. I'm going to tone down the nationalism and accept EU money. And the pro Shesha faction was against that. But now Vucic is president and Sheshel is nowhere to be seen. So, yeah. So clearly he had the right idea. Yeah, perhaps. So, some this books. Still- okay, oh, we're, no. we're, we're starting off easy. I win again. Um, Real. Real. Yeah, that's real. The Banana Peel. Real. I'm guessing real. It's real, yeah. I haven't looked at the book titles. The so, Serbian yeah. Baron Munchausen, Alexander Vucic. And just for some linguistic context, that's the, you know, Munchausen syndrome where you're lying that you're sick. But in Serbian, there's actually like a saying referencing this guy as like the, basically you're lying a lot. You're being a Munchausen, whatever. I'm, this is a little I'm going to guess fake. Consi- I'm going to guess real. It's okay. real. Wow. All right. Uh, Wait, Rose, why are you playing? I didn't look at the script. I, guess, I, I, guess I mean, I didn't look okay, at this okay. part. Yeah. Okay. I didn't look uh, at this. Oh, part yeah. A lot of the no. a lot of the names that you hear, you won't know because they're just like people from the Hague prosecution or like judges or whatever. So let's go with uh, the frenetic Danish alcoholic Frederick Frederick Harkov. That Fake. has to be real. Yeah, that's real. The Croatian Ustasha mercenary Serge Bramertz. Real? Wh- who? What? Uh, I'm gonna guess Hank. It's real. <laughs> It's the gimmick that Are they're you all catching real. On? <laughs> the, the the insane Roman she goblin Flavia Latanzi. Real. That that's so good. There's no way you came up with that. Uh, that's good. Yeah, that's real. Uh, there Is was no like... there was Wait, no genocide in Srebrenica. Yeah, they're all real. Like literally, all of these are real. There was no genocide in Srebrenica. Real. Wait, then there's no then there's no game there. There's no game. No, I'm just messing around. Yeah, it's parts <laughs> one through three. There was this no genocide write in three books about This that. isn't a game. This is just you reading off titles of books. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so, uh, just in case you missed it, there was no genocide in Srebrenica, parts one through three. To be clear, um, that's the title of the book. We don't think. Yeah, that. there are three parts of that book. There was no Wait, genocide. How in long was each part? I, I'm not sure. No, I don't. I haven't you, seen it. What, live. you didn't I've buy only, a copy of no, There Was No Genocide? In uh, the, the wrinkly kangaroo testicle Kevin Parker, former prime minister of uh, Australia. Yeah, real. That, that's at least kind of it clever. Is, yeah, yeah, all of these are real. Why, why are you still playing? <laughs> oh, I, I, just no, to, like, I just wanted to win. Uh, the, flustered, <laughs> the flustered Scottish piece of shit Ian Bonamy. I'm going to guess real. <laughs> it's, it's real. Uh, the Hrtkovci affair and the Ustasha Hor Natasha Kandic. It's real. The American real. An- anti-Serbian tool, Alija Izetbegovic. Real. Vatican's I- anti-Serbian tool, Franjo Tudjman. Uh, <laughs> the retarded Hague prosecutor, Hildegard Wertz Retzlaff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. We also veer into racism here because he calls one uh, black South African judge a degenerate monkey, Bacone Justice Mulatto. <laughs> ah, Holy great. Uh, Love that. Wait, That's is, horrible. So why, are, one, why are his book titles, just, it like insults you would call someone on Twitter? 
because he didn't have Twitter. He doesn't have one still, I don't think. Uh, there was he would also, be so good at Twitter. There, there's also, I don't know if you remember, Ghanaian Secretary General of the, Uni the United Nations, uh, Kofi Annan. I do. And he has a book titled A Banana for Kofi Annan, which rhymes in Serbian. Uh, it doesn't rhyme in English, though. That's uh, uh, very racist, I'm going to guess. European Union, a Satanist creation. Vatican. Yeah, to be fair, a lot of people could have written that. Yes. Uh, the Regent of the Antichrist, the, vil the villainous Roman Pope Benedict XVI. Wait, how many books does he have? Uh, easily over a hundred. Like, Holy I'm shit, not I'm read looking all now. Of them. I'm looking now, uh, there's, there's like a page of these. Uh, you're probably going to have to bleep this one, but it, yeah, uh, it's the English fart, Tony Blair. Yeah, I'm going to have to bleep that. Uh, what? The, yeah, the underhanded Gaulish peacock, Jacques what is, Chirac. What does that even to, mean? To be fair, is... um, it's the English homophobic slur, Tony Blair. And, yeah. Uh, we're going <laughs> to bleep, yeah, no, bleep I, it so we don't get in but, trouble. No, he's not that. He's the fart of that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I don't, yeah, that's I don't, even weirder. There's the sexual maniac of Washington, Bill Clinton. <laughs> uh, that's not even creative. That's just something like people call him. Yeah, feel. that's or just, variations of yeah. that. Was there like a now I'm imagining like a the alternate universe where me and Gabe are like hardcore conservatives and we hear that and then we become like Sheshuli defenders because we're yeah, like, oh, not? he hates Bill Clinton. I mean, too. he predicted that in the in the in the court. He said that you might become. Uh, there's also in the maw of the Del Ponte whore. Uh, All right. Yeah. The disemboweled I feel like, dragon. I feel like if he was born 40 years later, he'd be on like AO3 writing fan fiction. <laughs> Probably. Uh, the Roman Catholic criminal project of an artificial Croatian nation. Ah. Uh, well, yeah. Cool. Uh. And Sorry, now I'm imagining Serbian ultra-nationalist fan fiction. I'm, I'm really good. I'm going to have to workshop this. Probably exists. Next For I the next episode, I'm, I'll I'm try to workshop I'm going to send you a screenshot later. I think there is like a Yaoi uh, fan fiction of Vucic that somebody – it was a meme at one point. That's it. Uh, yes. Fired. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. There's also the Red Tyrant of Dedinje, uh, which is a reference to Milosevic. Dedinje is a part of Belgrade where all the rich people's villas are. So he's the red tyrant of Dedinje. Uh, uh, yeah. The heroin king of Novi Pazar, Arasim Ljajic, was president of that Bosniak Serbian party. So he's the heroin king of that city. Um, Novi Pazar is where the Ser Republic uh, Serbs is yeah, based, right? No, no, no. Novi Pazar is in Serbia still. It's Western Serbia, oh. but there's a, a lot of Serbian Muslims. A lot of Bosniaks are in that part of the country. Uh, okay. um, yeah, so he he has several books referencing popes. Uh, there's also The Devil's Apprentice, the criminal Pope John Paul II. <laughs> this All right. Is him, this is just him insulting people. There's yes, no... yes, it is. There's That's also his whole the, thing. Wait, how are you listing? How are you listing these titles by like how much you find, how funny you find them, like date of publication? What uh, is it? No, I, I'm just I wrote a bunch of them down. All of them that reference specific people mostly because there are also a bunch of them that don't. 
like the phenomenology of Balkan despotism. Who cares? Oh Boring. The South Korean knit Ogon Kwan. Now that's interesting. I don't know who that is. Probably one of the prosecutors <laughs> or somebody from the United Nations. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, you you won't know who most of these people's people are. Like the stinky Guyanese pig Mohammed Shahabuddin. I don't, I know, don't who know who that is. That Russia's greatest good. traitor, yeah. Boris Yeltsin. Now that's true, actually. I was gonna uh, say you. A lot of people could have written that. You know, wait, yeah. maybe you have to hear. No, you do not have to hear him out, even if he occasionally <laughs> no. says something true. Broken clocks. Uh, right. I love. I I like this one. It's called a counter revolutionary in the bulldozer of the revolution, uh, and the reference there is is that the. Uh, movement that took down Milosevic eventually is called the bulldozer revolutions revolution because they drove a rev, uh, they drove a bulldozer into the parliament so it's like they um, did what yeah you can look it up there's like a famous Joba uh, Gerista is what they call the guy who drove it he's he, he doesn't really matter <laughs> but yeah people remember him um yeah sort of so, serbian killdozer I guess so. Yeah, that's about all that I had prepared. Oh, there, I'm looking uh, at the another picture fun of the thing. That, wow. Remember when I said earlier? I don't know if it was recording at that point that I hated how Serbs have this reputation of being small Russians in the West. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in among the sources, you will find the site of the Serbian Radical Party. If you click on that site, I shit you not, the Russian anthem starts playing. <laughs> just not the soviet anthem the russian not this no the russian one the current one uh yeah all right well gabe says he's got to do stuff so i guess we got to wrap it up understandably i and i also, hope you enjoy this at least somewhat. <laughs> yeah we've also we've been recording for two hours yeah. Well, I, I think shit. you knew that might be a possibility <laughs> yeah. editing this is going to be so painful jesus probably Christ. like okay i i i it's very unfortunate that part of this wasn't recorded. Hopefully, a lot of it was. Yeah, if not, we'll, you know, post the, the cares. Yeah, uh, we'll post the uh, um, Sure. A so, massive thank you to Gavrilo for preparing no all of this. Uh, yes, he worked you. very hard on it, so I hope you appreciate it. Yeah, uh, after after ask... boring Gabe during the first part, hopefully this this part was slightly more <laughs> yeah. interesting. Can we yeah, have you back on uh... the pod for a future episode at some point? You know, we have yeah. no dearth of of uh, colorful and controversial and criminal politicians in the Balkans. So yeah, why not? Yeah, I want to do an episode on like organized crime in like Kosovo and Serbia. I don't, I, know also, if, I don't know if any of them are funnier than Sheshu, though. <laughs> I also yeah, that's a fair an point. episode I want to do about all the insane drama bet- um, amongst the French royal family, which does not hold power anymore, and all the weird backstabbing uh, and competition. There are several of them. them. Yeah, like, I know. The oh, yeah, that the does Bourbons. sound fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so if we do that episode, maybe you can come back on for that, because I think you'd find it funny. Sure, and I also speak French. I can I can help you with that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so that could yeah. be fun. All Why right. Not? So, uh, thank you t- for having me, and uh, until next time. You want to yep. plug anything? Not really. No, I don't care. Okay, I'm here for well, the jokes. Uh, fair enough. Well, our Twitter at is at opposedpod. Our email is at runningunopposed at gmail dot com or at runningunopposedpod at gmail dot com. Uh, 
Join us next week when we stay in Europe but head north to cover the insane Danish man, and I think I'm pronouncing this almost correctly, Mons Gilstrup. See Good you then. Job. Please tell oh, me this oh. is not going to be a three-hour episode. No, it won't be. It might be. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a four-hour episode. <laughs> was Gabe not warned? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Oh, I didn't think it would take this long. <laughs> all right, well. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, look, I have to edit this, all right? It's way worse for me. Uh, good luck. Yeah. I don't envy you, but I also wrote this. <laughs> all right, well, let's wrap up. and uh, All right, see you guys yep, next week. Signing off. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun.